Welcome to The Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And I am Carl Quinn. Andrew, what you been up to? Well, I went to the show. The show? And the show, I started going to the show in Sydney when I was a kid. And mm. I haven't been here in Melbourne for a really, really long time. And There's a very good reason for that, I think. Yeah, tell me. Crowds. See, I don't, I've got no problem with crowds. And this is a different crowd to any crowd you will ever see. It's a fascinating crowd. Yeah. I got the train. They walk wide. They walk wide because they are wide. They are the most <laughs> enormous people. But they get wide with all those show bags. Anywhere and everywhere. Never have I seen wheelchairs decanted of wheelchair user. God knows where the poor wheelchair user is. <laughs> filled with Paint tin-sized, that's four litre paint tin-sized buckets of fairy floss, Dear $10. Lord. Show bags, inflatable swords, dinosaurs, all this kind of carny rubbish. No, just normal bodied, able bodied person pushing wheelchairs that's full of stuff. And I, I've never seen anything like that before. Shopping trolleys? Did anybody turn no, up with a shopping trolley? No, no. Surely that's the next development. See, what it could be, and this is a supposition on my part, that perhaps the person arrives at the show with a person in the wheelchair. Dumps them. Being pushed by, that is an able-bodied person. <laughs> so that person uh, skips the queue, they're in a wheelchair. Gets a priority they, parking they spot. Get, they get the great spot. Well, no, you need the ticket for the, you need the disabled ticket. But, you know, maybe they have a disabled person that they've left at home, gets the good spot, jumps the queue, able-bodied person, they go around the corner into the toilets, mm. jumps out, comes out, Starts loading up the wheelchair with the stuff. There was like two, three of these that I really? saw. I've never seen it before in my life. Maybe it's a gang. Could be. Lots of hot bogans. Hot bogans. If you're into hot bogans. Are they hogans? <laughs> the show is a place for you to go. Um, the first thing that, that I did was to go to the Country Women's Association kiosk. For some sponge. No, it was it was fairly early, so I thought I'd get a bacon sandwich. Oh, yeah. Bacon sandwiches were on the menu, but they'd sold out. Early. Yeah, and I use the word sold in a dis with discretion because as I walked in, there were a couple of cops there, right, two of them, and this is what – I don't know. Okay, firstly, let me say, have you seen the film The Removalists? Uh, like years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A scene that has stuck out in my mind and that plays over and over in my mind every time I see a cop anywhere where things are sold, right? Yeah. Is Are we using air quotes here? Yeah. yeah. Is 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 the scene where um, Sergeant Dan Simmons and Constable Ross go up the road to get a couple of hamburgers, mm. and the hamburgers come up all nicely wrapped in that 1970s style, you know, that type of joint. And eager Constable Ross, first down the job, you know, trots up, hands over his wallet, and and Sergeant Simmons just pushes the wallet away, looks at him, and gives a nod to the guy behind the counter, and they both take their burgers and they go away without paying. Mm. So the two cops at the CWA uh, kiosk. Oh, what's to go here, love? What's to go? Oh, you boys are fine. You always look after us. You boys, you just you just get what you want, and I'll, I'll wave you through. I'll wave you through at the end. Two cops. By the time I get my ham and lettuce and salad roll, which very reasonably priced six six dollars, I pay. It's full of cops. No it's way. like they the have some kind of out. radar or walkie-talkie <laughs> or something. All of a sudden. I'm sitting at a table surrounded by 20 cops who've all turned up for their free cuppers. You couldn't, you couldn't get a pig sandwich scones. for the pigs. 
Oh, it was it was just infuriating because I was going to go back there at lunch because you could want to spend a good four or five. I, I didn't go back. I mean, who knows how many would be in there? Mm. You know, like I'm some kind of litmus theory. Is okay, everybody, he's gone. No, so that that was. I might say it was disappointing. It was completely unsurprising, frankly. I do know that a little while ago an edict went out that said cops aren't allowed to have free McDonald's anymore. Do you right. remember that a few no, years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah. There was a bit of controversy that the, the cops were, were getting a little too portly and weren't able to chase down miscreants. And But also it was just becoming a bad look with cops just walking straight up to the front of the queue at McDonald's and filling their arms with, with burgers <laughs> and, and French fries and fillet o fishes and whatever. And so apparently it's okay at the CWA. One of them was going, oh, my mum was in the CWA. I'm going, yeah, that makes it all right, doesn't it? You mm. know, it was very hard to keep my temper. Very hard. Another thing that can, was... Can I just say, it's probably mm. a good job I'm, I know, you I'm glad. did. No, I'm glad I did. You I'm, may have gone home in the back of a divvy van. You're going home in the back of a divvy I may have. And another thing in the CWA kiosk where you can go, they have heaps. Did of you actually stuff. get out of the kiosk or was that your entire no, no, experience? No, no, I did, I did get out. Yeah. But there was a really rich woman, really, really rich, rich like Blanche Del Puget style right. with a yachtsman husband. Very unusual couple to expect to see in the CWA. <laughs> Do you know who's a yachtsman? Was like, oh, a yacht okay. there? <laughs> can I tell you how I knew he was a yachtsman? He was wearing a really expensive yachtsman's cap, really expensive shorts and, and shirt. And, and kept a asking for big, more. A big fat watch, right? That's how he was a yachtsman. Anyway, she sits down, but she doesn't really sit down. She sort of stands up and uses her hand to brush all the invisible detritus off her chair, right? Mm. And then hangs a really expensive puffy vest on the back of her chair. And then she sits down. And then the scones come. And with the same hand, she wiped all that dirtiness off her chair. She eats a scone. <laughs> So I made sure when I walked past to, to rest my bag on the back of her chair so some of the dirtiness from my bag went on the back of her really expensive puffy vest. That was the start of the show for me, but it was not the end of the show for me. Oh, dear God. Uh, how, how, long, how long have we got? Oh, no, no. The, 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 the one thing that has changed as I have aged, right, is what I'm interested in at the show. What I'm really interested in. I used to be interested in going around the back of where all the animals, like all the competition horses are, mm. and listening to people arguing. Like mainly the, the 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 equestrians arguing with the with the various staff that they carried with them, who were usually their parents, and having tantrums about various aspects of equestrian law. I don't do that anymore. I like to go to the the what in Sydney would have been called a pavilion, uh, where all the produce and all the crafts. Uh, do you, if you know what I'm talking about? Yeah? yeah. Okay. So it was clear to me when I went in there that a giant battle was going on between a man named Noel Button. Okay, and a woman named Anne Marie Primer, and this was a battle. Asterisk, names have been changed to protect the innocent. Oh, shouldn't I say no? No, I want to say I want to say this because <laughs> Noel Button is a master with mainly firsts, but the occasional second or third, but mainly firsts in these. Listen to this: jams, cordials, preserves, marmalades. Savory jelly, collection jellies, mustards, pickles, sweet savory sauce, preserved fresh fruit, sponge, ginger, chocolate, fluff, fruit and vegetable chutney, curds, open butters, butter cake, tomato relish, 
However, he did come second. You're saying he won first in all of... He won first in all of those prizes. He won, like, the best of everything prize. Hats off to Mr. Buffett. I took some photographs. These are the most beautiful... He's rosemary jelly. Like, these are the most beautiful-looking things. Now, Anne-Marie Primer would often come a close second and maybe even pip him once or twice. And I can see that there's going to be a battle next year. And Anne-Marie Primer is not going to be taking second place. She's going to up her game (laughs) and challenge. Now, look, you would think, is there nothing... Nothing this man cannot turn his hand to. Open butters, curds, the chocolate fluff. He says no to your novelty biscuits and novelty cakes. All right? Now, guess who he came second in tomato relishes to? Clem Basto. No way. And do you know what Clem Basto won? She won the Marriage Equality Prize for the Rainbow Layer Cake. (laughs) And actually, I made up the Marriage Equality Prize. It's actually just first prize. She won first prize for, for Rainbow Layer Cake and... Best cake overall. I know nothing I of Noel Button. I just want to know how you, how you get dressed in a cake overall. That's a really <laughs> weird thing. You leave crumbs <laughs> all down your front. That's very strange. So this, 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 this Noel Button, I know nothing about him. Mm. I, I don't want to disparage him and say clearly he's a man with a lot of time on his hands. Often the people who do really well at things are very busy people. Mm. But he unwinds in the most delicious of ways. And, and if I can find more about Noel Button, I, I, will, I, will, I will deliver the news. So at the show, I'm, I'm, I kind of like that. So the that. call is out now. Noel Button, the call, step forward. Step forward, Noel Button, because Be known. I am impressed with your work. I took a couple <laughs> of photos. I'm going to put them up. You will, your mouth will water when you look at these the beautiful colours in these preserved fresh fruits, in these savoury jellies, the quinces, the pickles, the, the made-from-scratch mustard. Mustards. Oh, man. So, also, there are rides. I know a lot of people go to the show for rides. I, I, you want to get some bargains. The show's really expensive. You can get there for 30% off if you're an RACV member, which any motorist probably is. You can get a ride ticket in advance. So, a $35 ride ticket costs you $25. You can choose the bargain rides, like the Giant Slide, three for $10. Okay? It doesn't have to be the most expensive day on earth. And I noticed that some parents are saying to their children, I don't remember this from my day, one show bag. Mm. Have you heard about this? This mm. one show bag mm. you can have. I never knew about this. But some of these show bags are like 30 bucks. I know, I know, I mean, you know 25, but, 30, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You get like, you get a, you know, a build yourself a Ferrari kind exactly. of you know, experience. Exactly, yeah. Oh, things. and there was a great exhibition on the history of show bags. It was really? beautiful. It was just beautiful. Now, that would be interesting. It was It was really lovely. It was, all, it was facsimiles uh, of all the old show bags. There's a picture of one boy uh, from Glen Roy in... I don't know, like the 1930s, who'd ridden his bike and he he was 15, so he had a job and used all his wages that he'd saved up, seven pounds, rode his bike to the show and filled the cart with every single show bag that was on offer and then rode back to Glen Fantastic. Just yeah, probably kept, kept him going all year. It did, and 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 the animal section where the kids can play with them and stuff is a lot more expanded now. So yeah. it's got a huge shed, and if you're not allergic to animals and don't feel your throat constrict and your eyes swell up in the presence of goats and cattle and and other domestic fowl and things, then you can go in there. And yeah, you know, most of it's in covered covered I'm, in the price. I'm you assuming know. you went with your daughter, right? I did. Yeah, I did. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think without kids, it's a very hard experience. I think it'd be better. Do you? Yeah, because they've got bars there. You yeah. can have beers oh, and and steak and beef jerky. Yeah, see, I've never, and, I've never you know, done it as an adult without a yeah. child, right? I mean, I've yeah. done it. I've done it with my kids. Yeah. a few times. No, it's, it's obviously it's great. It's great with kids because they they love the whole experience. Well, you know, I gr- I grew up in Brisbane, and mm-hmm. in Brisbane we call this thing the Ecker. Yep, I've heard which this. Is the exhibition and uh, okay. and what I a jaunty. 
abbreviation. Well, the Ecker, the Ecker. My, my, I have two abiding memories yeah. of the Ecker. Well, three. Okay, so num- number one. Mm-hmm. Number one was uh, uh, the Bertie Beetle show back. Oh, still got them. And they've got them in various price ranges now, too. Oh, have they? So you can get, if you've only got a couple of bucks, to, like you're a yeah. kid, and it's yeah. your pocket money, you can still get in on Not it. Not for $2. You can't get yeah, the $2. Yeah, I think there's a 2 or $3 really? show. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was a, 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 a range of yeah. Bertie Beetles. See, the thing about Bertie Beetle, it always mm. amazed me. It's like, you'd never see them. Except at the, exhibi- <laughs> at the exhibition. It was okay. Like, you never saw them in the, in the lolly no, shop or, or no, in the no, news agent no, or anything. No, okay. No. All right. So that was always yeah, like, it was, like it was a seasonal uh, yeah. seasonal um, insect. It only came out in <laughs> August. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. So uh, in its native habitat, the, the echo. Um, so that was that's mm-hmm. number one. Number two yeah. is I was maybe eight or something mm-hmm. and I was walking through this tunnel and I found a $2 note, right? And that's where you're going to find one, isn't yeah, it? In 1837, when yep. I was eight, mm-hmm. um, that $2. was that was that was a huge sum. I, well, you could have gotten a few a few show bags for two dollars. Yeah, like, that yeah, was sixty cent, eighty cent show bags, fifty cents a bag or something. Yeah. Mm. So so it was like, my God, Eureka! This is incredible. However, I date my tendency to stoop. From that moment, because mm. from then on, my eyes were firmly fixed to the ground in search <laughs> yeah. of any more rogue yeah, you, $2 you notes. Find, I found a $5 note the other night, and I've, I've considered myself pretty lucky because mm. you just don't go around finding notes on the ground anymore. You usually have to look in people's wallets, handbags. We may well return to this theme <laughs> of the note on the ground in a, in a moment. Number three. Yes, yes. The rides. So the rides, rides were the yep. things that okay. always excited me more. Were they always expensive? I feel they've yeah. always cost like more than you think is... I mean, this is me talking. Yes, so. I, think they were. I think they all were. I think they were, yes, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Price Conscious Consumer. Yes. I think they always were expensive. Oh, can I just say quickly before... There was a thing that, that I didn't know about mm. that if you like... If there's a particular ride that you like, like it's particularly scary yeah. and explode, you can get a, a wristband for not much more than the cost of one ride and be unlimited all day. Right, right, right. Which I thought was a great idea because yeah. there's a couple of just blood-curdlingly frightening rides where they just shoot you up in the air. So, so I wanted to talk about yeah, one ride in yep, particular. Yep, your ride was. I went on. I went on this ride, mm-hmm. maybe 10. My sister is eight, mm-hmm. and my father was on it with us. The How old was he? Yeah, he was, he was uh, 14, you know. Okay, was, yep. Grew up in the country. Yeah. It was a... <laughs> um, <laughs> It was a, uh, it was the zipper, I think. Yep. Right. And my sister was very tiny. Yes. Right. And you, there was like the the, the, the setup was the chair. There was yep. a bar across you yep. in the front, and then there was a cage door mm-hmm. which get gets pinned on the outside. Yep. And we're on the zipper and <laughs> upside down, and my sister slips out from behind the bar and is pinned against the door, and as a cruel. Ten-year-old brother of a little sister. I thought it was possibly the funniest thing I'd ever oh, seen. No. As my sister rattled from <laughs> from top to bottom of the cage, oh. like she go, ah, ka-dunk, ah, ka-dunk. I can see it. I can and my father, it. my father, spin. and I'm laughing hysterically. My father's going, "Don't laugh. This is really serious." And of course, as as a parent of children now, mm. I mean, if that happened to my my child, I'd be terrified. You would have. Who I knows if that door's resp- going to hold? Who you'd be a more responsible l- parent. You would say this child is too small for this ride. Probably. Uh, she, as, probably you, as I'm sure would. is the reason why your children are still with us is because those rides, when they were really small, they didn't go on them. Well, I wonder whether there was no sort of height restriction back in the day, you know, whether... Safety? Or no maybe my, my, my father picked her up by the height line on the wall, lifted she's, her. She's, and went, yeah, she's big enough. She's all right, mate. 
Or she was possibly so tiny that she was in his pocket when mm. we got on the lift. Mm. He took her out as we yep. sat down, and that's what happened. Anyway, it remains that's, my abiding memory humorous. of the Echo. Mm. We, we go. We I'm, w- I'm glad to say my sister is still with us. I'm pleased to hear that. So we, we would go all the time as a kid, and I won't, I won't bore you with all the memories that I have of the Royal Easter show, but this one that you can go to now... It's over by now, yeah. but it's it's not a bad thing. If there's a lot like you could you could go twice even. We used to go a few times when we were kids. We you could go twice and get a lot out of it. I know I know you you, you might not be for all, but I I'm just, just going to say crowds. I yeah, crowds. But these are crowds like you've never seen before. Yeah, and that's what like, I'm afraid this of. This is anthropological. Okay, <laughs> you definitely want these unless you've got some weirdness about being around people. Uh, that'd be me. Yeah, I'm. I'm this is great. Could you just move back? A little bit, please. <laughs> we will eat both your arms and then both of your legs, and then we will eat your face right off your head. You will be this armless, legless, faceless thing, won't you? Rolling down the street like a turd in the wind. What the hell are you? Oh, I have a parasite. Yeah. Name is Chen. Venom. You aware of this? Ah, only yesterday I went past a a tram stop that had a a movable display case with various advertisements and I saw a sign that said Venom. Yep, Tom Hardy. That's all I know. Tom Hardy in it. I like this because he plays a journalist. Okay, he doesn't yeah. play the, the violent, creepy... He does. Oh. He, does. He's a, <laughs> he starts as a journalist. He starts as this kind of Louis Thoreau, yeah. hard copy kind of mashup. You know, he's yeah. sort of like a crusading tabloid TV journalist, but doing good work, exposing, mm-hmm. you know, skullduggery on behalf of the powerless and so on. But fueled by his own massive ego, he's kind of like he's an action man, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a hero kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then he takes on this big mega corpora- corporation called the Life Foundation, which is in technology. The uh, the founder, the, the sort of proprietor, the guy, the genius behind this has his own rockets, Oh, I wonder who that could be. Yeah, I wonder mm. who it could be. <laughs> it turns out he's a bit of a dark. Paid genius. any fines recently? <laughs> Smoked any reefers on a podcast? <laughs> yeah, and uh, no mention of any, yeah. anybody. No mention Elon of any, any particular this, oil secreted by a certain type no. of bovine creature. Anyway, he um, so he takes him on, yeah. and this guy basically crushes him. So he ends up he loses his he loses uh-huh. his job, he loses his career, his reputation, loses his his. Uh, Fiance, played by Michelle Williams, and loses his home. This is just like Jerry Maguire, isn't it? It's just like Jerry Maguire. <laughs> Show me the symbiote. Anyway, he he uh, he then gets infected because this this what? evil How? genius has been oh. collecting. He's he's scored through one of his rockets. He's scored uh, some space alien, dust, uh, alien life forms space on a, dust. on a on a meteor. He's yeah. brought them back. They're these kind of slimy, oozy. They're kind of like, you know, that sort of stretchy goo stuff. Mm, that, oh, every, yeah. everybody slime, slime, is familiar basically. with that. Yeah. Which uh, is this life form that basically bonds with another and takes on its form. So it's called, uh, they call it a symbiote. And, okay. Uh, but how does Tom Hardy get it? Well, you know, he tries, he tries to uncover what's going on in this facility. Mm. And of course... Get some on him. To it. Get someone gets in. on him. Yeah. And mostly what happens when the symbiote gets on is 
it consumes the host. Okay. But in certain, in very, very uh, rare circumstances, it bonds with the host. Okay. And it becomes, it becomes this sort of greater than the, you know, the sum of the parts kind okay. of experience. Yep. And out of this comes venom, this creature that is uh, sort of, has some of the sort of powers of, of, of a Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Uh, he actually... Does he look human? Sometimes. I okay. mean, most oh. of the time he's human. Oh, but it's then one of those. He, yes. He's sort of when like, he gets angry like the Hulk. Like the Hulk. He's <laughs> yeah. like, he transforms or okay. when he needs to, he takes on, <laughs> takes on these forms. Yeah. It's a very... This sounds really implausible. I have to tell you. Oh, no, no, no. It's a documentary. Oh. Um, yeah, yes, it is incredibly implausible, but... <laughs> What's you know how important plausibility is. Plausibility in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> it, it's kind of not the most important factor. What's what's interesting about it is that this is a Sony film, right? So Disney owns Marvel uh, Studios, Marvel, okay. that, that whole pipeline that gives us the Avengers and Iron Man and Hulk and all those things. Mm-hmm. But there has until recently been like a bunch of Marvel characters that live with Fox, but of course Fox is probably being bought by Disney and that mm. so all those will come back into the fold. But then there's Sony, which has primarily Spider-Man is the most famous character that, that Sony owns. Yeah. But they all actually have nine hundred Marvel characters. And so the ones that nobody's ever seen or most cares of them, about. Like most of two them, comic books it, and they, they got rid yeah, of them because yeah, yeah. no one cared. Well I mean I think there are over two thousand characters in the Marvel Ooh. Marvel universe. Homeopathic man. <laughs> Craft beer man. Understanding man. <laughs> Tidy lady. Empath. <laughs> I think, actually, I think there is an empath. So oh, so there well, is an understanding well, there man. Is, there are certainly <laughs> characters who have, who are empaths. Um, anyway, so Venom. So they've got 900. Venom, yeah, they've got 900. So oh, that's if you don't be, like. If I die if you, and then I'm reincarnated a thousand years later, I'll still be having still a go be and see these. characters. That are making we'll still their first be sitting appearance. here yeah. talking about it's this. true. It's true. So if you don't like Marvel films, I have bad news for you because not only is there that enormous pipeline over at Disney, there is now a real likelihood that Sony is going. Because you to think be, this is going to be a successful film? Well, Tom Hardy has signed up for three of these, right? So doesn't mean no, no, no. It doesn't mean they'll come to fruition. Mm. Uh, it's hard to judge. I think it's actually quite good. It's it's sort of it manages to be darker than most of these films, mm-hmm. and f- it's pretty funny. It's funny, too. and okay. Hardy's a, like a really good actor. Sexy? Is it very sexy? So maybe if no, they made them sexy. No, no, no. If, they, if you make them sexy, then you can't show them to a PG-13 audience, which is really where the dollars lie in, in this whole... And yet we're a growing... Except for, we except are a, for Deadpool. We so. are a growing population. Yeah. <laughs> One day there will be a grey comic book movie audience, but I don't think it's there quite yet. A grey, sexy comic book movie. <laughs> like... Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Jean Grey. That could happen, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, it's you know it's okay. It's pretty good. It's pretty mm. good fun. I, I think that Venom first was on screen in Spider-Man 3, which was still the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. So this is not the first screen appearance of Venom, but this is the first attempt to Do you think people will mind? That, that, no, I don't no. think people will mind. I think okay. this is a much more full. Or the Venom fans are not going to go, nah, that's no, not, we I, like the original Venom. I don't think so. Oh, I don't okay. think so. But it, you know, it's, it's interesting. Again, you know, I often talk about how films are interesting, not just because of 
you know, their value as a piece of storytelling, but mm-hmm. what they represent, you know, industrially and in terms of a, mm-hmm. a development yeah, yeah, and what's going yeah. on in the broader broader space. And this is one of those because I think uh, there are in the at the very end of the film, there's a throw forward to another character to be played by Woody Harrelson, and then in the post credit sequence, drunk man. <laughs> Stoned man. Reefer man. (laughs) (laughs) He's able to knock you out with a a simple exhale. (laughs) Vegetarian man. There are so many mans. Weird pseudo Buddhist man. There are so many mans. Yeah. And and the, at right at the very end in the t- in the credit sequence, there's an animated Spider-Man sort of sequence which throws forward to a, an animated Spider-Man movie which is coming out in December. So it's so like Sony owned Spider-Man. Did you yeah, say that already? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I right. That already, yeah. Yeah. I've lost track already of all I'm the not studios ownership I'm not of superheroes. I, all I would say is Get ready for hundreds more. Well, of I'm, these, I tell these you what, I'm all for obscure superheroes that nobody's interested in and having a film generate around them with Podcast, man. lots of I money. Can, yeah. I can see that taking off. <laughs> you got nothing? No, I thought we were going to do those other two films you want okay, to do. Okay. Um, I, mean, I have got things that, that, okay. that like, um, so you can listen to me now on the radio. What? Did you know that? I didn't. I didn't say anything about it. I have oh, pa- been pa- hiding your bushel have. under it's a, only just, a light. It's only just a light happened. under a bushel. A light under a bushel. Mm. Yeah, light under a bushel. Mm. I'm like Diogenes in his lamp, searching for an honest man. It's only happened really, really recently. For uh, before we started doing this podcast, yeah. I would do regular spots on three PBS uh, Melbourne well, Community Radio. You were a superhero right there, weren't you? You were I jazz was, man. I was jazz man <laughs> and soul man. <laughs> <laughs> and exotic man I was all kinds of man and then I stopped doing it and we started doing this and I got contacted and, and because there was a vacancy and, and so the upshot of which is that I'm now the host of Jazz on Saturday which is on 3PBS FM every Saturday from 9 to 11 Could people who are not in Melbourne hear it? They can because like all radio stations now they have an online presence so you can just go to their website and there's a lot of different shows on this. It's a community radio station, like I say, so there's a, it's a lot more uh, announcer-friendly in that every show, the announcers choose the music, there's no playlists or anything, and they're pretty diligent. All the announcers are, 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 I would say, enthusiastic about the collection and enjoyment of music. And so you want to listen to a show, for instance, Jazz on Saturday, you just go onto the page, you go to the program guide, you mouse on it, and then you can listen to it as it's happening or you can listen to it back in time. It only goes back six months, as I've discovered at a recent meeting. It's very, very expensive to store yeah. all of that well, in, a, files are big. in a way that people can access. Yeah, yeah. And, and I believe that there are some copyright issues too. And so they only store the last six months of of it. So, But that's fine. I think most people, they just sort of missed it that day. They catch up with it during the week. They don't need to go back months and months and mm. months. So yeah, I just started that a couple of weeks ago. So I play jazz on Saturday and it's mainly music. You don't get the, the benefit of my personality that you do listening to the clappers. You just hear me talking about music and announcing that song. The obscurer the better? Oh, this is a mainstream show. So right. this show is established quite a while ago, maybe maybe even 20 years ago. Um, I, can't, I can't say for sure. So there are certain parameters, like I'll play Ornette Coleman, mm. right, but I might not play Lester Bowie's Brass Fantasy or The Headhunters or Weather Report even, I don't think. 
Uh, but I will play. Are, will you saying, are you saying Weather Report is too mainstream no, no, or not, too obscure? Too, well, not, not, not so much obscure, but perhaps too... Pushing outside the parameters. Too, too dynamically, rhythmically challenging. Right. The, the, it, it's, it's mainly... Look, whatever, whatever you consider mainstream now was revolutionary when it first came out. Bebop was a, a threat to all the swing musicians and they thought it was, it was noise and, and criticised it in all kinds of ways. But now you listen to Bebop and you can't see the fuss and hard bop similar and, you know, bossing over. And so I, I play many mainstream stuff, but I do play and I make a point of playing music from contemporary artists that you can go and see right now. You know, Aaron McCullough has just released an album. He's a Melbourne musician. He's a drummer. He's got a band. I played that. He's touring around at the moment. So I'm, I make sure that it's not just music by... It's not a mausoleum. It's, you get to hear some living people that you can go out and see as well. That's it for us for another episode of The Clappers. Please join us again next time we speak.